don't let your circumstance, where you're from or who you are, dictate what you can't or can't do. Don't be afraid to be yourself. Don't fall into norms or certain cookie cutter of what a coach should be or shouldn't be. Just do what you want to do, be yourself and have fun. And when you have fun, things kind of tend to go your way. Hello and welcome back or welcome to another episode of Up Close in Personnel with Alex Brown. I am your host Alex Brown and I am fired up to have one of the most popular coaches in the country on this show. Known for his viral TikTok parody videos on coaches and recruiting, Marco Regalado has made the jump officially from high school coaching to Power 5 college football recruiting. Hired on by Washington State as a recruiting analyst, Marco and I discuss what goes into his famous TikTok videos, but mainly we focus on the lessons he's learned along his personal journey as both a coach and now a recruiter. The main takeaway from Marco is his unwavering commitment to being true to himself. From having parents that instilled confidence in him at an early age, to how he learned stage presence and confidence from a summer theater camp, this was an engaging conversation that really takes a deep dive into what makes the TikTok coach tick. We break down the recruiting and evaluation lessons he's taken from the high school game and that he will bring with him to the college game and how that prepares him to recruit at the highest level. We cover the do's and don'ts for college recruiters on social media. He gives advice on how to best interact with high school coaches and recruiting coordinators. And he goes into some of the details that he now looks for when evaluating prospects. So. Before we flip over to the interview, please be sure to hit that subscribe button, rate, review, and share the show. Since we are in the off season and more of a recruiting season, I do apologize for the adjustment to my posting schedule. Moving forward, expect to have shows on either Sundays or Mondays. And if you have any requests for topics to cover, don't hesitate to mention me on Twitter at AlexM underscore Brown and use the hashtag, hashtag UpCloseInPersonnel with your show or guest suggestions. Thank you for tuning in as always. And with all of that being said, we'll now kick it over to my interview with Marco Regalado. Just hit a button, Morty, give me a beat. Oh man, okay, all right. Um. Marco, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. <laughs> how far did you drive? Exactly how many miles? I, I, I did the math uh, last night when I got to the hotel. Um, total, because I had to take some detours because of the weather, and I'm not driving an all-weather vehicle. Um, about 1,940-some miles. Wow. So, for our listeners, um, Marco just took a job with Washington State, was in the DFW area coaching at Eaton High School. Everybody knows you as the TikTok coach, but like, I, I love the fact that it's like total satire. You're not really even just following trends that are going on. You're like kind of creating your own. Um, before we get into the stuff that I really want to talk to you about, you know, coaching, your background and, and recruiting, um, how do you come up with the the, the content because it's it's so 
it's so relatable to anybody who coaches or plays ball. I think it's just pulling on past experiences. Um, you know, I, I haven't been coaching very long, but I've been around some characters and every coach is a character. You've been around some, you get around some people and you see how they act and how they talk. And it's becomes pretty easy to imitate and you try to be genuine. And I think that's kind of what people gravitate to. And that's what they relate to is because they're not over the top for the most part, caricatures or overdone. It's just kind of a genuine parody of what coaches are like. And you got some musical chops, like, so like, when did you start playing, you know, guitar and, and, and really start loving music? Cause that's like uh, the, the most unheralded part of, of your repertoire right now. So uh, I started playing guitar when I was in sixth grade, I uh, joined my school's mariachi. Um, so that taught me the basics of how to play the guitar. Uh, once I graduated, I, I still appreciate the music, but then I just kind of started diving into other music genres and I wasn't even a singer in the beginning. Uh, the singing kind of came a little bit. I'd sing in the shower, sing on my own. I didn't sing for people. I was very, very ashamed of what my voice sounded like. I just didn't think it was good. It wasn't until I got to college and I think one of my roommates heard me singing and they like knocked on the door like, why don't you do that more? It's not bad. So just you build confidence as you do it more. So I started singing a little bit when I got to college. Yeah. I just feel like over the past year and a half, I had actually followed you, I think, right around like the end of 2019, because you were really working hard on, on being the recruiting coordinator and, and really promoting your guys. And, you know, quarantine hits, you get bored. And a year and a half later, really not even a year later, now you're, you're going into a recruiting job um, at the Power Five level. How, how crazy is that to you? Um, was that something that you kind of made your mind up like, you know, oh, this is the plan I want to go down or did, did it all just kind of happen? It, it kind of just happened. You know, I didn't expect any of this and I'm, I'm a firm believer and I say it all the time and it's almost a little contradicting because I move around a bit, but you just kind of coach where you're at. You coach where your feet are at and you do a good job. Um, and just to, like fun fact, especially for my high school jobs, like, those were all jobs that people reached out to me and asked me to join them. Uh, so it's just kind of like, if you do a good job, people hear about it, you get a good reputation, of, you know, doing a good job. Um, so when somebody told me that Washington state had posted a job on the scoop, again, I, I didn't think I'd get it. I just thought, you know, I'm a high school coach. I'll throw my resume there, see what happens. And then I got a call for an interview I was like, okay, it must be a courtesy interview you know, just because of social media hype, whatever. I did the interview, felt I did really well. Um, moved on a couple new steps. And then a couple days after that, got a, a DM from Coach Rolovich that said, see you in a week. Wow. So you're from South Texas, you know, mm -hmm. border town. Just walk me through growing up and when did you fall in love with the game and, and maybe even when did you decide you wanted to get into coaching? Um, because it's, it sounds like that's, that's been a passion kind of at the core of who you are. Yep. So I actually hated football to start off with. After really? I did. I did not want to play my freshman year of football. I just had a bad experience. I, I didn't know what I was doing. 
I didn't grow up playing sports. You know, what, what, parents, what was what was the bad experience? I just didn't know what I was doing. My parents didn't weren't athletes. Uh, I just kind of was just there. Um, and I played for some reason. I'd get on the field. Like I was getting playing time, I guess, because I was a little bit bigger than some of the other kids. I had a really early growth spurt, but I just I didn't know what I was doing. Um, it wasn't till my mom forced me to play my freshman year because I needed the athletic credit. She's like, you're going to enjoy athletics a lot more than you're going to enjoy PE. So I played football my freshman year. I credit everything to my freshman football coaches because they slowed it down. They showed me the game. I could actually sit down and watch a Dallas Cowboys game with my dad and know exactly what was going on. I mean, from a fan perspective, but it was just the game made sense and that made it fun. So then I fell in love with football. That was everything for me. You know, I started training harder. I never missed a workout, never missed a practice. When I fell in love with the idea of coaching was a little bit towards my senior year uh, when I started playing varsity. Um, I kind of saw, I had a great upbringing. My parents are fantastic. You know, I have no complaints, but I saw what my coaches did for some of my classmates. Um, and that was really inspiring. You know, I've always been somebody who's liked to help others build people up and to see that they got to do that every day. Um, and around like the realm of athletics and football, as that was something I really wanted to do. Um, but my mom being an educator <laughs> did not want me to be an educator. So she kind of steered me towards, you know, being a physical therapist. So that's what I started off at Texas State trying to be a physical therapist and I did a 300 hour internship. And it was just, I went home and told my mom, it's not for me. I can't do this for the rest of my life and be happy. I don't, it's not, it's not about money. It's not about anything else. It's just, I want my career to be something I love to do that I wake up every morning and I'm like, hell yeah, let's go. So mom pushed you away from education and being an educator. Why? She just felt like, so I guess there's a little more information. I graduated valedictorian in my class. Um, my brother is a pharmacist. Uh, my cousin, I just stayed with him in Denver. He's a doctor. You know, my cousins are all dentists and pharmacists. My sister's a nurse. She just wanted me to, to strive for the, for the moon, you know? Um, and it wasn't anything against the education field or coaching or anything like that. She just, you know, just like any parent, she had really high expectations for me. And at first she was really against when I changed my career path. But when she saw that I was going to put forth the same effort as if I were to go to medical school, that same effort, mentally, physically, everything, into coaching, she got, she fell in love with the idea. She's one of my parents are my biggest supporters. You know, they're so excited that I'm here uh, right now. And they just, you know, it's, it's just scary sometimes because you can see some coaches, they get complacent, stay in the same spot, you know, nothing against them. It's just, my plans are a little different. What, what is your ultimate, ultimate goal? And I, I was not expecting to go that far right away, but it sounds like, you know, your, your parents are, are really awesome about, um, you know, really supporting your dreams early on and kind of speaking that confidence into you. And, and obviously you've had a lot of success, but like, what, what is it that, that you want to accomplish now that you're kind of in the college football world? That's weird. My goals have changed so much. I try to stick to like five-year plans and that's just gone out the window. Things change. But, you know, at first I really wanted to just be a high school athletic director, head coach. Um, 
And then, you know, when I got to Eden, I started having a lot of fun just coaching a position group and doing recruiting. So I was like, you know what? I may not even want to be a head coach or a coordinator. I'm really enjoying just kind of with my position group and really focusing on the recruiting. You know, then I get this opportunity. And so I, I'm thinking I'm going to take this year is going to help me figure out a lot of things because there is the administrative side of things where you can be a director, recruiting director, player personnel. And that's super interesting to me because I think the recruiting is one of them. It, it's the bloodline of college football. It's so interesting. There's so many aspects to it. You can really personalize it and you can be different. I don't even know that I'm pretty different. I take a lot, take a lot of pride in that, but it's just like, you can really uh, put your spin on things in the recruiting world. Um, but there's also that part of me that, you know, I love being on the field. I love being with those kids every day. And, you know, that might be something that I try to do and try to be an on the field coach. Um, and again, it's just, I'm going to take this year to kind of figure that out, see what I want to do. But I, I do think that, you know, I have the on the field experience. I was a GA at a D2. I coached high school football um, for six, five, six years. And, you know, I've done the high school side of recruiting things, but it's time for me to learn how it works on the college side of things, trying to bring kids into our university. On the high school side of recruiting, because you, you've always done an awesome job with me of like, hey, you sent me a guy and I liked him, but we weren't there to offer him yet. But you followed up to be like, hey, where are we at? You know, hey, is there anything I can provide you? And that that makes our job so easy. And I think you're going to realize that now that you're on the other side. But you've dealt with a bunch of a bunch of different colleges because Eaton has a ton of talent. Um, what were some things that you encountered without like dropping names, but some things you encountered from college coaches that, hey, when I get to that level, now that I'm in that position, I'm going to make sure that I don't do this or that I do this. Like what were some takeaways that you got through the experience of being a recruiting coordinator? I definitely want to try to follow up with everybody. I understand that's almost an impossibility just because <laughs> you get a lot. I know you guys get, well, we, there's a lot of DMs, um, but that's something that I appreciated. You know, that I, I felt like if somebody were to continue to follow up, then I'm not going to forget that person. You know, it's, you're going to see a thousand receivers, but if you get that one coach who's consistently bugging at you about that one receiver he's always going to be in the back of your mind and then every time he bugs you it's going to come back to the front so I felt like that's something that could really help you know some people think of submitting the film once and sometimes it does sometimes a kid just stands out that much um I also think one thing that uh, you know you, you hate when you, you you send a kid and then somebody responds well who else offered um, yeah Kind of like the biggest thing and it's tough because it's and it's your job you know if you, especially if you stick your neck out for a kid that has no offers no stars or anything like that you you're really taking a big risk um you know if i'm ever evaluating film i'd like to you know evaluate it myself before i go check on you know what 24 7 sports says or what other people think i want to know what i think first and then i'll go compare it yeah it's uh it's a hard game because that's the typically that's the first question that the head coach asks when you sit down and watch them. All right. So who, who's on them? And I, I love being able to say like, nobody, you know, yeah. like that's the best feeling in the world. I want to take a step back 
before Texas State and kind of what led you to Texas State, um, the theater camp that you went to, uh, <laughs> because because you do have a, a good one presence, you can imitate people easily, um, but you tell a good story. And I think that's what everybody looks for on social media, because it's like it's an escape of everybody. And with so many different platforms, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, um, you know, TikTok obviously is kind of your specialty, but um, you know, there's, there's all these different platforms. There's so many voices going on. What did you learn from that theater camp that kind of helped you develop this presence on social media, even beyond just the videos, but like you have a good presence, you know what I mean? And, and I think that is really, really important in this day and age. That's how you connect with kids you got street cred because of it. Um, and the minute you send a text to, you know, DM to a kid, he's gonna be like, oh shoot, this is, you know, TikTok coach. So what did you maybe take away from that Texas State theater camp? It's just kind of like the big thing, kind of why my mom initially wanted me to do theater. Um, you know, I, I don't get really nervous. It takes away things like stage fright. It, you know, you don't get afraid of public speaking. Uh, it also helps you think on your feet because you do it's it's funny I say drills but yeah you do drills like improv drills so they throw a topic at you and you have to be able to talk and speak on that topic off the top of your head so a lot of times when you're in this profession you're going to get thrown questions and you got to be able to know how to answer them quickly just like these interviews um, my mom takes all the credit for that because she was one of my assistant theater directors in high school and she's like you know you're doing really well in all these interviews and podcasts because theater right I'm like, yeah sure <laughs> but i just think it the stage presence and all that stuff like that it just it helps you it builds confidence which is something i lacked going into high school and it kind of helped me build that yeah yeah you are going to get some rando conversations uh when kids come on visits and the best is when your your first unofficial visit um i'll, I'll give you just a pointer make sure you know where like everything is on campus because i didn't and uh, I, I was lost. So um, when it comes to the, the coaching side, um, you know, what were some things that you learned while coaching and developing athletes at the high school level that maybe taught you what to look for in D1 athletes? Because um, obviously at, you know, Memorial, you didn't quite have the same athletes, but you still got a chance to see those kids grow and develop over the course of freshman, sophomore, junior, senior year. And I think that's something that, that high school coaches really have a, a better eye for than college recruiters because you see it very, you know, viscerally, like you're there, you know, and, and you see the way the body types develop and change. But like, what are some things from an evaluation standpoint you've learned over the course of coaching? You, you kind of get an idea, especially like you said, when you, when you see kids that are coming as freshmen, and then you kind of you see them as they end up a senior. You're starting to get an idea of okay, you know this. this there's what certain late bloomers look like. You know, kids that may be developing a little slower than others that have a higher ceiling as opposed to some kids who develop early and are studs already. With those kids, I mean, you, what you see is what you get. And sometimes it's really good, and sometimes you know you can't really build on it. So that's been one really good thing. I, I credit a lot also to. Uh, you know, when I was at PSJ Memorial, I worked for David Brown. He was a college coach for 20 plus years. So he's always 
I'm always asking him questions. I'm always picking his brain. He's one of my mentors and gave me my first GA gig at Kingsville. But just little things to look at, um, you know, in terms of like, there's one time we were just, one of our athletes was walking around. He stops me and says, okay, he's a good looking kid, good size. What's one thing you're noticing about him that doesn't, you know, that doesn't fit? I, I couldn't think of anything. And he's like, his arms. You can tell just kind of where they sit when he's just standing that he's got a short wingspan. I'm like, I wouldn't have noticed that. So there's little things like that. It's been pretty awesome to be able to pick his brain about. And um, I, I really think the, the developing of athletes is something that I'm bringing from high school. Um, that's going to be a big difference, I think. So Coach Brown was, has been like that, that mentor for you. Mm -hmm. what have you done? Because I think this is really important. It's easy to say, yeah, make sure you have mentors in your life. And on both ends of the spectrum, being a mentor and being a mentee, it's easy to just make it a very transactional relationship, you know, and then you don't maximize that opportunity to like actually learn and like grow and, and, and get better at, you know, just life in general. So what were some ways that, that you maintained that relationship as far as like staying connected, because obviously you moved away, now you're moving even further. But what are some things that you do? Because I mean, just on, on my end of the spectrum, I mean, we barely know each other, but we have a lot of respect for each other. And, you know, you wrote every single coach in my office, you know, and you don't have to do that. But I mean, you did it and it's very professional, it stands out. Um, what are some things that you've done to make sure that you continue to build that relationship and, and, you know, stay engaged with someone who you look up to. It's as simple as just sending a text message and we, it, it goes both ways. Sometimes he'll just send me a text message. Sometimes it's just a funny joke just to start up a conversation or sometimes it's just, how's everything going? Like a wellness check. Um, we don't, we don't talk every day. Um, but you know, once every couple of weeks or once a month, we'll, we'll, we'll uh, I'll call him or he'll call me and we'll talk for a couple hours and just kind of catch up on everything, how everything's going. Um, but I know that anytime I have a question, I'm going to ask him and he's either going to have an answer for me or he's going to help find it or tell me who I can talk to who will have that answer because he's had that experience. And that's something that, you know, he's kind of going into a part of, career, of his career where, you know, he's got three boys. Um, you know, he wants to be able to spend a lot of time with his family. So his route is now high school but he knows that I'm a young coach that's hungry and he knows that my goals are, we're always caught in college. So he has that college experience. So he'll call me a lot. Like he'll, he'll give me that, that those answers that I need about the college level, even if it's simple things as to, Hey coach, you coached at Wyoming and it snowed. I've never coached in the snow or been in the snow. What are some things that I need to buy? And on the other side of it, the flip side of it is, you know, I grew up playing high school football in Texas. I've been around it for a long time. I've coached it for a bit. And he's trying to build his career as a Texas high school football coach now. So he's got questions for me that even as young as I am, I can answer him or at least direct him to the right people. So definitely back and forth, definitely help each other out. But he's got way more experience. So I lean on him a lot more. <laughs> yeah. How cold is it up there right now? Uh, I'll tell you, it is... 16 degrees. Is that the, the biggest uh, adjustment so far? <laughs> but to, to be honest, it's not that cold. Um, 
you know, right. I was in Fort Worth right before I left and it was like 32 degrees and it felt like just sharp cold. It hurt. I didn't like it. Um, and I was worried about the cold the whole time because of that. And I had all these like layers and I was still cold. Um, so started driving up. It wasn't until I got to Tex line, Texas, right before New Mexico, I had to get out to gas up my car and it was 18 degrees. I was like, man, I got to do this. I got to, I step out. I'm like, well, this isn't bad. I just think it's like, there's less wind or I don't know what the difference is. It's blowing my mind that I'm able to just, I, like, I haven't even been wearing jackets, really just sweaters. I go outside and it's, it's not that cold, but when it's 32 degrees in Fort Worth, I'm dying. There's something about the DFW, like when it gets cold and it snows or ice, it's like, it's like a blizzard. You know what I mean? Like the whole world shuts down. Um, I, I mean, I'm from Arlington, so I get it on that drive. What was the best stop on the way? I don't even know if it would be a stop. Just driving through Colorado was amazing. That is a beautiful state. You know, the other states were beautiful too. It was just a lot of scenery that I'd never seen, but I took the route through the mountains, which I probably regret now. Um, Cause so I have a truck, but I didn't get to bring my truck because my parents came up to help me move some furniture back South. I packed very light coming up here. Mm -hmm. So in order to take the U-Haul back home, they had to take my truck. So I drove my mom's Volkswagen Tiguan, 2,000 miles across the U.S. Yeah, there we go. Mountains, snow. So it was just like, like a lot of the times on the trip, I'm there getting white knuckles, just holding onto the steering wheel, just like, all right, if I fall off that mountain, I'm done. <laughs> so you you went through like the mountain passes just to just to drive it? Yeah. Yeah, I, I wanted to experience it. You know, it's just, I thought it'd be a little kind of exciting. Um, and it wasn't like in Colorado, the weather wasn't terrible. There was a little bit of snow. It wasn't bad. Um, the worst part was just once I started getting into like the Oregon, Idaho, Washington area. And it's like to get to Pullman, you can't, like, there's highway for the most part, but then you have to get off and start going through some backcountry roads. And that, when it started getting a little worrisome in the little Tiguan. Yeah. So you knocked, did you knock it out in two, three days? I did it in three days. So first day drove from Fort Worth to uh, Denver. Yep. Then uh, Denver to Boise the next day. And yesterday I went Boise. It was my shortest trip, but it almost took me just as long because of the weather. Uh, I went from Boise to Pullman. Wait, so you, did you go through like Loveland Pass? Like where all those ski resorts are? like through like north of denver no so from denver i went west got it got it yeah 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 Yeah, so i went through the whole state of colorado kind of that one was that was kind of a mistake so i'm i put on my map i wanted to go through wyoming a little bit flatter land uh a little bit easier on the tiguan uh i think i pressed the wrong button and i just started driving and then I started realizing I'm going through all these mountains. I'm like, I never hit Wyoming. Where the, like, I, what's going on? Yeah, I didn't go to Wyoming. I just went through Colorado. <laughs> Traveling with Marco Regalado. That's that's really cool, man. What what's the uh, the the reason for it being now? Like, why why college recruiting now? Um, I know you. We all see the scoop. We all see opportunities that pop up. What was it about Washington State, Coach Rolovich? that just, you know, I know, I know you said, I just saw it. I said, why not? But my question is why now? 
I don't know. I just felt, and some people I've heard this a hundred times. It didn't make sense till right then and there. Strike the iron while it's hot. Um, I mean, people know who I am on Twitter. I figured it was a, a good time to kind of take advantage of that. I'd kind of be foolish if I didn't. Um, but like I said, it's, it's just something I've always wanted to do. Um, and it just felt right. And I've had other college offers where I just didn't feel it. Um, smaller schools. And I just, I really liked Eaton. It was really hard to leave Eaton. It's, yeah. it's a good situation. Great kids, great administration, great teachers, you know, great coaching staff. Everything was really great about it. So it, it had to be a very special opportunity for me to want to leave. Um, and I've had previous conversations with Coach Rolovich, you know, over the quarantine, you know, clinics and stuff like that. Just he's a good dude. I know Coach Logo on staff as well. Very good people. And that was kind of a, a big question I had before I even did anything. I, I reached out to Coach Logo and I just said, you know, is, tell me about the staff. You know, is it? a good situation and he's like marco i've i've been coaching 28 years you know at the you know all these different levels i wouldn't be here if it wasn't a good staff and a good situation and that kind of sold me on all right i want to be there and something that i, I really wanted to touch on that i think is really important and we we've talked about it from the player's perspective before um with ashton washington who used to be with illinois but from the college recruiter standpoint I think we give each other a free pass in terms of social media presence and like the best way to go about recruiting athletes. And from your perspective, what, what are the, the do's and don'ts as far as being a college recruiter and having a social media presence? Um, if you were given a masterclass on like, Hey, this is where, how you need to be connected. This is how you need to present yourself. Um, you got to be very careful what you tweet out. Um, just obviously you can't be vulgar. Um, and I'm not a very vulgar person in general. Um, you also have to just kind of be weary of opinions. Um, very careful about what opinions I put on social media. I put one tweet about running track. So I'm sure you saw said, if you don't run track, you're wrong. And I happened to uproar the entire baseball world of Twitter. And they came after me. Like, it was just, I didn't mean it like that. And I go back and I apologize to a lot of people. I said, I worded it wrong. And I said, if you're not, you know, I should have said, you know, if you could do two sports, run track, or if you're not playing another sport, run track. I just, that was one of those situations where I typed it up. I was like, this is good. Send. I should have probably thought about it a little bit more. And it's something silly. I just said, I think football players should run track. And then baseball players or coaches took it as I was saying, they can't play baseball if they play football. So it's just silly things like that. You just got to be extra filtered as to what you do. And it was even harder to do when trying to make videos. You really want to be funny. And it's like, how can I be funny with also make sure I'm, I'm correct, not very opinionated or anything like that. And um, it just took a that honestly was the longest part of the videos is just trying to plan what I wanted to do. Um, and the actual recording of it would take like 10 to 15 minutes. Planning it out and, and writing out the content and being like, okay, is this offensive? And like, I'm yeah. sure you have to do like perspective shifting, like the entire time you're writing that. Right. Cause there was like a, and the one that I got asked to do a lot was like a video about administrators or like 
coaches who became principals and stuff like that. I'm like, nah, I know too many principals and I, and I like my job. I'm not going to, I'm not going to go poke at it. our fearless leaders. Um, the cafeteria and, lady one was the, uh, the best one. That, that's, that's my favorite one of all the videos. I'll, I'll, link, I'll link it into the, the, uh, the info section of this. That's the first thing you do when you get a new high school job, you go try to, you start going to flirt with the lunch ladies and, you end up starting to get extra scoops. That's how you do it, it's man. Genius. Uh, <laughs> what'd you say? I said it's genius. It's just you save start saving some money, you start getting some extra free meals and stuff like that. Those that's that's the first like people are like, We're the stakeholders. I said, No, go find the lunch lady. That's your first move right there. Oh yeah. What's your opinion on Clubhouse? On oh, what? The Clubhouse um, social media app, it's kinda like new. Oh, I don't even know about it, to be honest. All right. So it's basically like live radio because it's you you create a group of people that you're friends with or whatever, and you can just have a conversation. So it's, I don't know, it's it's kind of like just audio chat. So I was curious if you'd use it yet. Well, now I'm going to look it up. That sounds interesting. Yeah. There's always new social medias popping up left and right. I try to stick with... Uh, my holy trinity of a uh, Twitter, Facebook, and I guess it's like a tie. I I really don't use Instagram very much, and I like as I just use Twitter to make videos and sometimes scroll for three hours before I go to bed and laugh. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. That that's uh, I get my my TikTok fix from my wife. She'll she'll just be sitting there watching it when we were having dinner, and she'll show me all the videos. But um, they're geniuses because they don't. When you open the app, there's no time at the top. I think they purposefully do that. So you're not like, okay, I'm going to watch for 20 minutes and then stop. Like you don't know how long you're on there because they hide the clock at the top. I didn't even think about that. That's my, I, blew my, I was like, how long have I been on here? I can't even tell. There's no, I can't see what time it is. I have to leave the app, but if I leave the app, then I lose my groove of my, what I'm doing. It's just like, that's how they trap you for like two hours. You don't even know it. <laughs> yeah. Well, dude, I really appreciate you just, you know, I, I texted you literally an hour ago. I said, Hey, you want to jump on and do this podcast? Um, I appreciate you taking time. Cause I, I know you got to be exhausted from the travel and I, I can say this from myself and everybody that follows you. Like, we're really excited that you got this opportunity. Cause I mean, you've, you've earned it. So is there anything you want to kind of tell the listeners, listeners, the show, your followers, anything that you want to like, make sure you say before we hit end on this show? The main thing is just, you know, the biggest thing that I want people to take from me making this move or this whole situation is just uh, don't let your circumstance, where you're from or who you are, dictate what you can't or can't do. Don't be afraid to be yourself. Don't fall into norms or certain cookie cutter of what a coach should be or shouldn't be. Just do what you want to do. Be yourself and have fun. And when you have fun, things kind of tend to go your way. And if you're a valedictorian and you have a passion for helping people coach them and develop them and you love football and making crazy videos on TikTok, you don't have to be a dentist. <laughs> That's basically it. <laughs> Dude, this is fun. Um, I'll let you get going. I know you got meetings coming up, but uh, thank you again for the time, Marco. Hey, no problem. Thanks for having me on. I guess I've been a fan. I've been listening to your podcast. It's been it's an honor to be on it. Um, and again, I appreciate everything you did. Coming from this is me, the high school coach. 
thank you, you know, always answering, always, you know, letting me know, even if it's a bad news, that's better than not answering. So high school coach Marco, thanks you. And college coach Marco, he's going to thank you more because I'm going to be asking you a lot for questions and advice. I'm here for it, man. I appreciate you. And uh, best of luck and go get them. Appreciate you. Go Cougs.